Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and taking your questions and your text messages today. The number to dial to be on the program, which is really what we want you to do. That's what makes for the program for everyone that's involved is 303-690-3000 and we have a dedicated text line 720-336-0897 that's always 24 hours by the way 7 days a week it's it's available for your prayer requests and then the 5 hours that the program's on during the week in your time zone it's live for the radio broadcast and you can send in questions there and you can also still send in prayer requests what do you do with the prayer requests you ask we pray over them sometimes over the air we send them off to the prayer team here at calvary church calvary church in aurora colorado is where calvary live originates in the studios of Grace FM, and I want to welcome everyone listening to Grace FM. I know that Grace FM is gaining a lot more traction. Uh, you would think after uh, 12, 13 years on the air uh, that we would see some kind of plateau, uh, but we're not. We're seeing the audience continue to grow. We're seeing the the sharing, telling friends, getting the word out about the station continues to grow. Uh, we're seeing an increase in our revenue, uh, and it that didn't grow super significant, but every little bit counts. I want to thank you guys, men and women, even boys and girls that invest in Grace FM, uh, that it helps a long way to fund opportunity and ministry, pay the bills, of course, but ministry is taken care of as well. And I want to encourage you, no matter what station you're listening on, that you support Christian local Christian radio. And as we're waiting for calls to come in, I want to I want to remind you, as I do every uh, time I remember, to financially support the station that you're listening to right now. Uh, and I have no reservations about asking and encouraging you and asking you to pray, even if it was a dollar a day, which doesn't sound super significant. But that would be 30 bucks a month. It's huge. It's really huge. And the power of everyone doing it together is unbelievable. And so if you're listening to this show on Grace FM, then support us, Grace FM. If you're listening to this program on Radio by Grace, then support Radio by Grace. If you're listening to this program on Hope FM, which is one week delayed, then support Hope FM. If you're listening on Truth FM, Support Truth FM. And if you're listening on on Higher Rock Radio, then support Higher Rock Radio. And I really mean it. The Lord will use it. It it is worthy. It is a worthy cause. 
It is a multiplier. I'm always looking for individually, but also as a church, a multiplying ministry. I'm looking for ministries that when you do invest in them and support them, that that dollar will be stretched beyond uh, what other ministries will do. And radio is one of those multiplying ministries. And I just want to thank you guys both supporting Grace FM uh, and your local Christian radio and also our Bible teaching broadcast, Abounding Grace, uh, has seen God's hand upon it uh, during this last year in 2022. So thank you guys uh, for your support of all Christian radio, all the good. Uh, God is not done with radio. He uses it very powerfully and... We want you to be a part of it. We 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 call that Grace Partners here at Grace FM. We want you to partner with us. And even our Grace Partners grew uh, in 2022. So thank you uh, for your faithfulness there. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. I have tickets to go see Jesus Revolution. I have not seen it yet. I want to see it. I have tickets to see it. As soon as the show is over, we're bolting over to go see it, looking forward. Uh, I have a feeling I'm going to be encouraged. I have a feeling I'm going to cry. We had a ministry presentation here at the church a couple weeks ago. Uh, One of our friends from Harvest flew out and showed a director like a a pre-cut of the movie. We had a packed house, even though it snowed, for goodness sake. The feedback was unbelievable. Jesus Revolution is a movie that everyone should see. And I encourage you to follow the Spirit's lead as you would. Use it as a tool for evangelism and allow the Holy Spirit to bless you and encourage you. And there's even, if you go to the website, uh, there's even free tickets. Uh, So any of that kind of information, uh, you can Google it and allow the Holy Spirit to um, lead you uh, and use that because you have the power to make choices. So make choices that honor God. That's a powerful thing. 303-690-3000. Betty in Jenkintown, Pennsylvania. Betty Jane, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, I hope you stay warm out there. I heard it's really cold. Um, it, I'll be praying for that for you. But um, oh, if horrible. you could pray for me, I, I would really appreciate it. I have to go for a test on Monday, and okay. um, so um, my belly is acting funny. I don't know what that's okay. about. And um, I'm also starting um, uh, a an effort to minister to hospice patients on my own. Okay. And if you could pray for uh, what I have to do to organize it and be present in in a given community, I'd really appreciate it. Okay, Father, we pray for Betty Jane. We agree with her and her desires to be healed, to have the situation in her abdomens, the, the resolution that's needed supernaturally, physically, practically, with doctors, medicine, however it is that you would want to make her body more usable for your kingdom. We pray that according to your word. And even as we pray that, I think of Paul, when he was praying for the thorn in his flesh, he ask for it to be removed, and the answer was no. And I pray that whatever the answer is for Betty Jane that we don't yet know by faith, we ask, God, that she would have the faith to receive the answer that you have in store. Like you already know, you have foreknowledge and omniscience. 
we don't know, God. So give us faith to live uh, day by day and moment by moment. And what a heart that she has to minister to hospice patients. And I ask God that you would open the doors that are necessary in all the different direction that's needed for her to be positioned in this hospice ministry outreach opportunity that she wants in Jesus name. Amen. And thank you for everything you do. I so appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Still in Pennsylvania. Adrian, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. So uh, my question is, I heard this from someone that was teaching me, and it kind of confused me. Okay. But um, she said, like, God walks with certain unbelievers and others not. And I kind of thought it was he works in all of our lives before we come to him. We just didn't see it because we were, like, spiritually blinded. I'm just, like, wondering, um, like, what that really means. And then what it means is someone like that did come to Christ later in their life. If you, like, look back at older events, I guess, like, if it's not a coincidence, then, like, is it just, like, how God aligns that in your life, I guess? Okay, well, let me clarify for a moment so I can get the answer you're looking for. What does she mean that God, what What is she trying to, <clears throat> what was she trying to say that God just ignores some people and they don't ever get a chance and they go to hell? No, I think what she meant, like when they walk with them, like God directs them, but they don't have a relationship with them and we don't know why. And I don't really know what she meant by that, but I just always thought of it as like God does things in unbelievers' lives. They just don't see it. Okay, well, let's step back for a second and say this. There's two categories of people. Uh, let's start with what we know. Sometimes I, I, most of the time when we have a question like this and we don't, we don't know some of what that person means, let's, let's talk about what we do know first. So first of all, there's two categories of people on the earth today, believers and unbelievers. Believers have a relationship with God. Unbelievers do not have a relationship with God. They're living separate from God. Like you said, they're blinded, they're rebellious, they're under the wrath of God. They are headed apart from Christ to a crisis eternity in a place that we commonly refer to as hell. But also Gehenna, the lake of fire. There's a lot of different places, but but it speaks of a, a physical place uh, where the unrighteous dead uh, spend eternity. And that's the that would be the Bible's teaching in a general sense of relationship and lack of relationship. However, everybody lives under the grace of God. A person that's an unbeliever that's alive right now, even listening to me, has, uh, has the benefit, is experiencing the benefit of the grace of God because they're given life. They're not given what they deserve. God is patient with them. The Holy Spirit is has convicted them and brought conviction in their life and is drawing them to the Father. They have they have a uh, interaction, you could say. I, I, I want to stop short of a relationship because a relationship implies agreement, uh, and an unbeliever doesn't agree uh, with God. So I don't I don't like that word, but interaction. I mean, you can have interaction with people you don't have a relationship with, like going to the market and bumping into somebody. So you, I guess you could say that God's bumping into people all the time. He's bringing about a knowledge of their sin. He's coaxing them to and drawing them to repent of their sins. And no unbeliever 
no one no no one living uh, will have an excuse before God that they didn't that God didn't bring about a moment in time in their life that they were convicted of their sin. So do you think that answers what your friend said? Um, yeah. The only other question I had was, um, like, for when you do come to Christ, um, how God works your past into your future. Like, for my husband and I, we were both unbelievers, and now we've both been reborn again. But was that just, um, like, I guess, does God work? I guess I'm just having a hard time connecting my past and bringing it towards my um, future. Hmm. What part of your past are you concerned about? Like, like you, your whole, you, if you look at your life in totality, who you are today is the sum of your entire life, good and bad. And it sounds like you, like me, were saved and born again later in life. So that means that we, have some baggage and some sinful consequences and things in our past that can't be undone, that can't be changed. However, they, all of our behavior and all of our decisions, good and bad, has brought us to where we are today. We can't divorce ourselves from the past. It is a sum of who we are, but we also can't dwell in the past. We can't change the past. Uh, we we want to learn from the past. There are things that we want to avoid going forward. Um, what are you concerned about that want you want to reconcile with today? Like what? Give me another clarifying explanation of um, why your past I guess not just really you. clarifying. Like just sometimes, like if I would say like, oh, it's no coincidence me and my husband met. But I'm like, well, I guess if we, since my husband was a believer before, but he stepped away from Christ, because it's a sin to marry someone that's uh-huh. not a Christian. Like, right. is that something that God set up that we met together that my husband could lead me to Christ? Or is it just, um, I guess that's where I'm kind of like confused on it when we okay. make the mistakes. Sure. But like God still can work in those situations. Yes, he can. Yeah. Okay. I get, I get a little bit of where you're, th- what you're thinking and it is a confusing yeah. thing. And even with an answer, it'll still be a little confusing because God well, not necessarily confusing, but it still leave us wanting because God doesn't explain to us in detail. God doesn't explain to us in detail how our free will choices work in cooperation with his sovereignty. He tells us that those exist. For example, you were not forced to meet this, to meet your husband. You chose to meet him. You met him in a series of events and circumstances that as you look back, you're like, I'm, I know for sure I'm thankful I met him. I'm thankful he came into my life. You could even say I'm thankful that God brought him into my life because nothing happens outside of the sovereign hand of God. However, how that works is very difficult to understand. I don't know how it works. I don't know how he how he uses your even your sinful decisions. Um, you know, maybe you like, let's just I'm not saying this was you, but let's just say you met him in a bar and you were partying that night uh, and. Here you are, Christian husband and wife, and I'm so thankful that God led me to that bar to get drunk. Well, that's not true. He didn't do that. You yeah. went to the bar, though. Uh, you chose it, and and yet, but how then? How can I give God credit? Well, you, he's he can redeem even your bad decisions. You know, he can. It's it's like you have kids. 
Yeah, we have one son. Yeah, it's like your son breaks a very valuable vase in your in your house, and he he did it because he was playing ball in the house. You told him not to, and now the vase is worth like a hundred thousand dollars. And you're like, I can't believe it. You know, what did you do that for? And and you broke the rules, but. At the same time, when he broke the vase, you guys, you know what? I think we're going to get it tested and just see how valuable it was. And you send it to some lab to get tested, and you find out that it was poisonous. And you're like, man, I'm so grateful that we got this poisonous vase out of here because if it, you know, if my kid started licking it or it got in the flowers or whatever, you know, I know it's a silly illustration, but like it was, it ended up being a good thing that your son broke the vase but he still did a bad thing to do it. Like it's, it all kind of lines up in, in, you know, what the Bible says that God is able for us as believers to work all things together for good. And that means he's working the good and the bad, but how he does it, he doesn't explain that to us. Okay. So it's not wrong to say like something that I did in my past, God is working through now. Cause that was the no. one thing I didn't know if it was wrong for me to say, and think about my past, like how God used it to get me to this point, because I wasn't sure with that, I guess. I think that when we give God the credit for his mercy and grace in us and he getting us through our bad decisions to look back and say, I'm very grateful, God. You know, if I obviously today, I like to tell the church, obviously today, like in our thinking today, if we knew what we know today and really lived like we living today 20 years ago, of course we wouldn't make those dumb decisions. Of course we wouldn't, but we didn't live that way. We lived in rebellion to God. We made our decisions that way, and I'm still grateful that God didn't give up us on us and throw us away, but instead he continued to pursue us, and even with our bad decisions, he accepted us and forgave us by the blood of Jesus so that now you and I can look back I, I think, for example, in my life, Marie and I, we met in high school and we had a child as teenagers outside of marriage. Um, and that was not God's desire for our lives, except that he became a great gift to our lives. And matter of fact, because of that sin, it kept us together. And because we stayed close enough together, even though we broke up and separated and she went her way, uh, it, and I went my way for a couple of years. That little kid kept us together. That we ended up getting married as unbelievers, and then we ended up getting saved, and then we ended up having more children. Like we look back, and God's not saying it's okay to fornicate because I can use that uh, in your life. He's not saying that, but He's saying if you're and it was painful, right? You look back at your life. I'm sure you could say it was. It hurt. Sin hurts. Um, yeah. The consequences were bad, but here we are years later. Here we are years later, and we can give God the glory for his graciousness and even taking something bad, getting us through it so we can arrive where somewhere good. Okay, thank you. That answers my question perfectly. You're welcome. And you know, one more thing, uh, because this is such a great question, and, and it's really, you can feel I'm talking it out and trying to work it through how challenging it'd be, but let me give you an easy way to use your past. Tell people your testimony, share, share with your family, friends, people in your life, what God has done in your life, who you were. And there's going to be some difficult things there, how God met you and now who you are now. 
those three pieces of your life are very powerful because God delivered you and he helped you and he showed mercy on you and he brought you to a place where he revealed his love to you and then you received his love and you were born again and now look at the future and that's a powerful way to redeem your past without minimizing it, making excuses for it, but also making sure that God gets all the credit for where we are today. All right. God bless you, sister. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. That was really good. Um, A different perspective on a very common question. I really appreciate that. We're going to stick around. No, no. We're going to come back to Aurora, Janice, Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to the program. (laughs) Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, Janice. Uh, You you don't know me. I've been going to Calvary Aurora for like 10 years. Um, The Jesus Revolution movie is amazing. Oh, good. Um, And I just want to let your female listeners um, know that The Quest by Beth Moore um, is really powerful as far as staying on the journey and on the path that God wants you on and not deviating. What is that, a book? Um, Yeah, it's a book. It's a Bible study that's more like I do it with some girlfriends. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, God uses her. She's a gifted teacher. Yeah, I am a middle school teacher, and I see the devolving of our society really bad right now. Um, I was just ended a 20-year marriage because my husband turned into an atheist. Oh, no. Um, yep, he had 20, like 10 to 15 to 20 atheist books. Um, I did marry him unyoked, though, like unequally yoked 20 okay. years ago. Okay. Um, and no one told me that and stood up to me about that. And I wish they would have. Um, so I just, I need some prayer just to keep healing those holes that Satan has put in me um, from that trauma, I guess. Um, and then just to be the female that God wants me to be. Like, it's going to be, I feel, I feel it so much that it's going to be really hard. I mean, not with the Holy Spirit, but just hard in general um, to deal with our society wherever it's going in the next couple of years. And um, I want to be that strong female <clears throat> with just to follow whatever God has for me, but it's going to be a lot. I agree with you. It is going to be a lot. I, I, in these, these days in which we live, the cultural pressures, the predictions of what the end times will be like, the times that we're in now. Uh, It's not exclusive to our country, the United States. It's really a global problem, which is exactly what the Bible said would happen. Uh, We're watching it lived out in our lives. It it is lived out on a more personal scale, of course, locally here, uh, in your school, in, in, in in your circle of influence. And then you add to that, everyone listening in, um, in addition to you, but including me, we have our own personal issues. We have our own personally family issues. We have, you know, injustices and we have just, just really difficult interpersonal issues, uh, grief, pain. I mean, you, you having a husband that leaves and becomes an atheist after 20 years, there's a death of a marriage and a death, you know, you, it's rejection, you feel, you know, you've got a lot of feelings, a lot, a lot of attacks on your feelings and your identity. And even as I hear it, I hear it in your voice. You're, you're talking about being the woman that God wants you to be. And, and, and that just tells me that, that you're, I, you're feeling like your identity has been attacked 
And that's normal. Um, that's normal. I think the enemy loves to go after who we are. That's why it's so important that we remind ourselves and we, by reminding ourselves and resisting the devil of what our identity actually is. We just finished. I just finished. Let me double check this. But I just, we just finished. And if you email me, I'll send it to you. Um, our, who we are in Christ. We have 90 things the Bible says of who we are in Christ. Uh, and I just updated it because we had to edit some mistakes that were on it. Uh, and we cleaned it up. And if you want this, my nature, who I am in Christ, 90 scriptures of who I am in Christ. I'll send it to you. Uh, you, Janice, and anyone else that asks, just email me and I'll send okay. you the link for it. Uh, okay. And I think that I think that you are assessing, it sounds like you're doing a very good job of assessing your situation. I think you're being very open and honest, and it's very valuable for you to acknowledge that it is going to be hard. Uh, it was hard for every generation of believer. Um, I think that we... Um, we like it easy. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> but, but it is hard. And, easy but. doesn't make easy. Easy has never made me stronger in Christ. Mm-hmm. It's the trials that God's put me through. I'm just done, God, with some of the trials. Of course. Um, my dad in Lewistown, Montana, listens to you on the radio. Oh, nice. So I will. I will end it with that, and okay. I will email you because I definitely want the. Um, the 20 scriptures, and I just need to pray for God's armor every single morning Yes. Um, when I wake up because Satan is attacking me really bad right now, and yeah. it sucks. Yeah, it's very hard. Let me, um, uh, I'm looking up on the shelf of uh, my bookshelf here, and I have a book here. We carry it in the bookstore uh, at the church. It's called Sidetracked in the Wilderness. And I think it would be very beneficial for you in this season of your life. And you could pick it up at the store, at the church, and it speaks about identity. I really, I feel like the Lord has given me a word for you that this is the key to your victory, is really solidifying your identity in Christ. Sidetracked in the wilderness. Sidetracked in the wilderness. I'll pick it up on Sunday. Yeah, I think it'll be very beneficial. He, He takes a great angle of of what what's necessary for us to abide he he does a great job gives us some other great insights on abiding in Christ um knowing who who Christ is and what it practically means to abide in Christ and he gives some really practical examples that are helpful so father i pray for janice as we come to the end of the program to, or the second first half today and um i hear the the overwhelming um challenges that she's you know burdens that she's carrying god the things that she's faced and i do pray you'd solidify her in her identity in you that you would help her god to grow in her understanding of who you are and your great love for her you love her when she's married you love her now divorced you love her when she's feeling good and you love her when she's just feeling all jacked up and i pray that you would encourage her with your presence remind her of your promise and your promises that you never leave her or forsake her. And even as she begins to acknowledge it out loud, like she has been seeking you, that she would accept that the healing has already begun and it's hers by faith in you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, sister. You got if after ten years you should come up and introduce yourself so I can meet you. I should. I will. Okay. Okay, good. Do it. <laughs> All right. All right. right bye bye. My name's Janice. Don't forget. Okay, Janice. <laughs> Look forward to meeting you. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand is the number. We're taking your calls and your questions. But we're coming up on the break, so we're not going to take any more. Uh, we'll wait for the break. I could take a breather and stretch a little bit. The number to dial is 303-690-3000. You can text me, 720-336-0897. And you hear the music. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. I see a lot of emails coming through for the 90 statements of who I am in Christ. I did not give my email address out. So somebody, they, you guys must already have it. So let me give it to you. I would love to send this to you. Uh, it's a PDF that Micah put together for us and Kathy edited. We caught some mistakes in it. 90 statements of who I am in Christ. Email me and ask for it. It's completely free. Ed at edtaylor.org ed at edtaylor.org. It has to be .org. Otherwise, you're going to email it to some Santa Claus. I'm not the Santa Claus. He owns the other domain. I own my my name in .org. .org. And the book I recommended was Sidetracked in the Wilderness. And you can purchase that on our website, calvaryco.store. calvaryco.store. And... Definitely um, think it would be helpful to learn how to abide in Christ. It's called Sidetracked in the Wilderness by Michael Wells. And it is available on our store. Anything you get on our store, calvaryco.store, which is basically an online version of the bookstore in our church. Anything you purchase there, all the net proceeds of our bookstore go to our missionaries. Um, because we're a nonprofit. We just use the bookstore to get resources into your hands. And there's a little bit of markup on books, not much. And there's never a markup on Bibles. And of course, you have to pay shipping. But <clears throat> uh, And you can access our bookstore. It is a resourcing bookstore. So what that means is we have very specific curated books. It's not very big, maybe a couple hundred titles, and that's it. And it's all discipleship, every book you can trust. And that's the only reason we have a bookstore. And all of our inventory, or most of it, is online. And you can uh, purchase anything. And all our net proceeds uh, gets uh, an extra check to the missionaries we support. Uh, and we were able to do that last year. I mean, we do it every year. It's good stuff. Then we zero out everything and start over. 303-690-3000. Staying in Colorado, Loveland. Linda, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so I was, I'm in need of some prayer. Um, I've 
battled um, weight my whole life, but okay. I'm really feel like I'm in a um, the bondage of gluttony. Okay. And I'm uh, basically addicted to food, and I'm have an enabling husband and um, lots of childhood trauma that I never dealt with, and so forth or whatever. But um, I just need a lot of prayer for that because I want to break that chain to get healthy. Okay. Can I ask you a few questions? Are you open? Are you ready to hear a few things? Sure. Um, you know, my mom struggled with her weight um, her whole life as well. I think she would be considered a larger woman, um, and she wouldn't she wouldn't um, like be offended at that. I think if it was said in the right way, um, and she also sinfully lived with a lack of self control. Uh, do you think you too have a lack of self control? Um, definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're really dealing with. You're asking for the fruit mm-hmm. of the spirit to just overcome some of the reasons that you eat a lot. Yeah, that's okay. probably a better definition. <laughs> okay, because I because I think that that helps the direction uh, that that we're going. I, I can. I've never been overweight, very large myself. Uh, so I'll share a little testimony with you that that God has used in my life. However. There was a season in my life where I was, I let things go. Um, I just felt like I was running all over and I was so busy doing ministry that I gained a significant amount of weight and, and it was noticeable. Um, my family saw it. I saw it. I felt it. I wasn't very active. Uh, I was tired all the time. And it was uh, for me a very deep lack of self-control and God began to speak to me, uh, on a, in a season of life. I was actually around the the time uh, of my uh, son's wedding. Um, it was it started with just not not spiritual at all. It started nothing. It's like I'm going to be in my son's wedding. Uh, they're going to I'm going to be permanently in pictures, and I should probably think about uh, losing some weight. And then there was a brother in the church that would see me every Sunday. He's a he's a very successful uh, uh, trainer. And he would say, Ed, you need to come see me. You're not healthy and you need to come see me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And then I was reading pastor books and pastor books. There's always a chapter in books about pastors that, hey, take care of yourself because if you're ill and you're not, you know, and you're not alive, you don't take care of yourself. You won't be a good pastor. And, and then another, like it was all happening at once. This was all happening in a moment, at a moment of time over a few months. Um, there was a book we were reading. Uh, as a staff about reaching the next generation. And one of the chapters talked about weight and how the next generation uh, values health. And in order to minister to them, it'd be good for us to take care of ourselves. And and then there were some other things going on. And the Lord just put a conviction on my heart. And that's what I hear with you. And I shared that whole piece is that no matter how we get there, our response now, God will honor that. And it was very hard to develop new habits in my life. It was mm-hmm. very hard to change my eating habits. I didn't exercise at all. I, I had to start something I didn't want and I didn't like. Um, but but God did his part and I did my part. And God's been very faithful. Uh, and I share that because I know you can do it. I know mm-hmm. that God has brought you to this place. He's taken a different road, of course, than he brought me, but you can do this. And it isn't so much the weight that God's looking at. 
it's more the self-control. Mm-hmm. And it's the abiding in Christ. And it's not, and then, you, you know, the next thing you're going to need to look out for is condemnation. Like, because as you're exercising self-control, let's just say the weight doesn't go away so quickly. And you're like, well, it's still all my fault. Well, no, you have a body type and you have, like, it's not all going to be the way you look because you know in your own heart, you know when you're walking in obedience with the Lord. And you just need to be ready that even as you're starting to walk in obedience in the Lord, your weight may not be affected at all. You know, God may just say, you know, daughter, this is all I was wanting from you. I'm wanting you and the way your body looks and everything that doesn't matter. What matters is your heart and how you're connected with me. And, and I think that calling it sin is, is an important part of this, the maybe gluttony or uh, we had somebody confess. We had an open confession in our church last week. And one brother, very loudly in a room of, you know, 1,000, 1,200 people, uh, confessed his sin of gluttony out loud. Um, it is real, uh, but it also can be forsaken. Um, and you can learn how to walk in mastery over food, um, even though it is a big temptation, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, Father, I pray for my sister. Uh, this There's a lot going on. Even in a culture, you know, that sends all these mixed messages about body types and the way we're supposed to look and all all of that nonsense, God, we know that that is not this. You are doing something special in a sister's heart. And I pray for her, God. I pray for that self-discipline to be matched with the, uh, your word says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And I pray you would teach my sister how to operate in self-control when it comes to food and all the other things that she didn't share with us, things that are going on in her heart and her mind that are just between her and you and all the complexities there that you might give her victory over this, that you might help her walk in victory and measure these things by her submission and surrender to you and nothing else in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Can I ask another question? Can I ask you one more question? You up for oh, it? Oh, sure. Would you say, uh, would you say, in light of this particular uh, difficulty, that you struggle? Do you use the word struggle? I definitely struggle. <laughs> okay. I, I read something yesterday. I shared it with the church. I read something yesterday. There's a a wonderful woman of God who's gone home since to be gone home to be with the Lord. Her name is Elizabeth Elliot, and she's one of those matter of fact women. You know, just says it like it is in her teaching. Um, she is, if you know anything about like recent church history, her husband was a man by the name of Jim Elliott. He was a missionary. He was murdered, uh, by the very, uh, people he went to, to serve in this. He, she is his widow. So she had a very challenging life. Uh, but she said something. Um, and I, so I would encourage The reason I explain that is I encourage anyone that wants to be exhorted, uh, by a godly woman, any books by Elizabeth Elliott. She also writes on grief. Uh, very, very good. But she said something. Uh, that I shared, she said, sometimes we use the word struggle uh, to describe delayed obedience. Mm. Wow. I know. I know. It's how I felt. And I shared that last night. It's like sometimes struggle in our vocabulary actually is just describing delayed obedience. And that, you know, that's that's a relief because if we obey, then we won't struggle anymore. Wow, that really hits home. That's powerful. 
Mm-hmm. Very powerful. Thank that you for sharing that, that. That doesn't mean temptations won't come. It doesn't mean that you won't sin again. But if we live in the realm of struggle, then we, you know, on the other side, struggle can also speak of life, right? Because if you're struggling and battling something, then you're alive in Christ. And that's a good thing. But that other side, like, yeah, Lord, I know. I know sometimes I will. I have a situation that keeps popping its head up in my life and I'm struggling with it. And I'm, me personally, like, I'm legitimately. And, and no, actually, no, it's I just need to obey. When I submit it to the Lord, I cast my care upon the Lord. It goes away. Mm. It's really good. So thanks for sharing. Yeah. I know you ministered to a lot of people listening. I know you did. I hope so. I, if anybody knows um, about a support group or anything that's a Christian-based support group, reach out to uh, you on air so we can. Okay. I know there's a lot of people that need that, and I'm having a hard time finding that. I know that in our church we have um, we have a ministry called Most Excellent Way. It's an addiction ministry. Sometimes mm-hmm. the addictions are you know they're mostly drugs and alcohol, but addiction right. is addiction. And right. the, the tools and the resources of that gathering uh, could be very helpful. And there's another uh, Saddleback Church puts out a, and I cannot remember the name of their. They also brought in their addiction ministry to not just be brought alcohol and drugs and, and include all kinds of things, um, mm-hmm. including food addictions. And I can't remember the name of it. I know if uh, it's a recovery, celebrate recovery. It's what it is. Oh yeah. I've heard of that. And I didn't realize that was for other than just drugs and alcohol though. So that's good to know. Yes. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you might want to check, but I'm pretty sure it is brought. I mean, I know that I know if you came to most excellent way here at our church, like you, you most of those folks are going to be dealing with drugs and alcohol, but not all mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And I suspect okay. celebrate recovery is the same. That's good to know. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Have a blessed day. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Oh, this is a great question. Let's head out to Baltimore, Maryland. Tim, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate for having me on. You're welcome. Um, you know, I grew up in sort of a, the old-style Lutheran church where the gifts of the Spirit were never really talked about much. Um, people didn't stand up at the beginning of a service and say, I have a word for so-and-so. And, you know, that never happened. But as I've grown, I've gone to a more of a Spirit-filled, non-denominational churches. And I have a friend who came to me one day and said, um, I have a word for your friend. I have a friend who came to me and said, I have a word for your other friend. Okay. And it was, it was very awkward because this person was telling me that my other friend needed to hear that the Lord had a word for him about okay. a secret sin that was in this person's life. And I felt really awkward going to this adhering to what this request was from, let's say, friend A was talking about friend B, and I was of the opinion that friend A should, just, if this is that important, they should go to friend B, but they really didn't know friend B. They, they knew me. And so I never acted on it. Um, I just I felt like I was being led down a path to start arguments between people. And so I was just curious. I know we, we are, Paul says, take, you know, don't despise the Spirit, uh, test everything with Holy Spirit, but what do you do in a situation like this? Um, you yeah. just—I I don't know. I just was curious about what to do, and I still have it hanging over my head with, say, friend A concerning this. I think that 
uh, I think that being, let's first start with uh, what what you're experiencing, you know, in this new fellowship, that we would be, want, I, I want to be open for the Lord to speak through other people. I want to, I want to, re- if somebody has a word, I want to, I want to hear it. I want to receive it. Right. I want to be open to it. And I see, I feel, I sense that that's where you're at. Uh, you want to be open yes, to it. Yes. Uh, and it is kind of awkward. I have a f- word for your friend. I mean, that. That, then give it to my friend. Like, don't give it to me. I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a third party. Like you want, I'll tell my friend, you got a word and I'll connect you guys. Like, I, like, I don't, I'm not your messenger. Um, if God had a word for your, for my friend, you, he would give me it, you know, somebody that connected with him. I, that's, that's how I would be direct with it. Right. But right. let's just say the guy came and said, he has a word for you. Um, this is how this is this. Here's some help because I want, number one, I want to stay open to it. But number two, I want to be discerning. Uh, I want to be discerning when someone says uh, that the Lord's speaking to them about me. And at least three ways. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives me discernment. The Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit will guide me and direct me if I'm seeking direction. So if somebody gives me the word, the Holy Spirit's going to give me a settled confirmation that that word is from him, number one. Number two, the Bible the scriptures get help me with discernment. Uh, the Bible tells me even in Galatians, if the if a, even if an angel comes and preaches another gospel, I'm to reject them. And so, if something comes that doesn't line up with the scriptures, doesn't line up with the heart or the character or nature of God, I reject it. And and then a person's life gives me discernment. Um, you know, because if the person's been bearing fruit and you know they they have the fruit of the spirit in their life and I, I have seen God use them before, then there's probably a good chance that that word is from the Lord and I can pray over it, right? Because I'm not going to receive it and go, oh, I'm going to, the Lord has spoken to me and you're supposed to go buy a boat tomorrow. Uh, you know, yeah. I, probably not. I'm not going to go buy a boat tomorrow just for that. I'm going to pray and seek the Lord and I'm going to, you know, obviously it's not against the scriptures, but like it's kind of a weird word. Was God already speaking to me about boats? Am I, what am I going to do with a boat? I don't even live by an ocean or, you know, that kind of, like you, you don't lose your common sense. Um, that that, but but if a person that I know, I've seen their life, I've served with them, like my wife, like a good example, my wife, my wife comes to me and says that I think the Lord has a word for you. I'm going to tell her what is it, and I'm going to be very very prone to receive it from her, uh, wholeheartedly, and then pray for it, pray over it. You know, if my if my uh, one of the pastors on our staff has a word for me that I serve with, you know, my co laborers. Um, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ask the Holy Spirit to lead me and confirm it. I'm gonna seek, you know, test it by the Word, and you know, they have fruit in their lives. So I, I think that's how you start. And, and I would say with this guy, I would say, well, tell me, tell me what it is. And oh, then he told I, me it was, it was awkward. Yeah, and um, then I say, well, I, why? It, and and because I so so my, I guess my my thing would be I would push back on him. I would push back on him and say, hey, what scripture did the Lord give you? And why do you think, though, like I would, since it's the very first time and, you know, it is awkward. Now, awkwardness doesn't necessarily mean um, it's not from the Lord. Like God has definitely done some interesting things that would defy our human logic for sure. But yeah, the, that's the, not... the way that I resolved it was I just, I, I called my friend B, who the word Good. was about, and I said, hey, uh-huh. I have another friend who, Wants to wants to email you something, and I okay. said, "Can I give that person your email address?" He said, "Sure," perfect. and that's what I did, and that's how that's I perfect. dealt with it. Um, so, but still, 
friend B came to me and said, I don't know what that person's talking about, whatever their issue was, it wasn't, you know, he sort of denied it. I don't know. I felt like the devil was trying to stir up trouble between all of us is what I felt like. That was the inclination that I got. Well, and that's very possible. So that's definitely possible. And next time, if you're sensing that there's, you know, a demonic influence in it or it's just um, not from the Lord on its face, just ignore it. Yeah. Well, what about, and I've had, I've had other people come to me and tell me things before like that. I have a word for me directly. And right away, even though I listen to the word, I feel like, well, you know, I was in my prayer closet. Why didn't the Lord just tell me? Why, why does it need to involve this other person? I just taught on that. That's a that's a beautiful that that's a really uh, good observation that you make because we have examples in the Bible of God working on both sides, and many times right. that's exactly what He does. He's works on one side with a brother or sister with a word, but He's also been speaking to you in your prayer closet, and they come together. Uh, I think of uh, we we where we where we taught that was uh, in Saul of Tarsus when he was born again. You'll remember that God spoke to Ananias, said, go do this. He's going to be praying. But God also spoke to Saul and said, hey, some dude Ananias is going to come and see you. And he worked on both sides so that when Ananias showed up, Saul received him wholeheartedly because God worked both sides. Ananias didn't want to go. Remember, he's like, I don't want to go. Love, yeah. This guy wants to kill everybody. Um, yeah, I knew it was but, crazy. but God was working on him, and he said, hey, Saul's praying. So just go. He's waiting for you. Trust me. Mm-hmm. And Right. But that's not always, not always. Sometimes God will send someone and you, you don't, you know, in the role that I'm in, I get this all the time. I mean, I get the weirdest emails. I get people after service. I get, and I would say 90% of them, they haven't been sent by the Lord. Um, oh, really? That's what my next question. So how do you deal with this as a pastor? Because this could really cause trouble. So you're, I, I listen to them, you know, I listen to them and I'm, I'm already walking in discernment at that moment or I'll read a email and, and if it's just off the wall or God's already, you know, most of the time God's already like, I can read it and I'm like, they don't, they don't, they, they don't know what they're talking about because I already know the facts on that matter. Like I already know. And it's kind of like somebody guessing or, you know, God said that you need to listen to this YouTube video. Nah, I, I've already told you, don't send me any YouTube videos. God, God doesn't need a YouTube video uh, to speak to me. Like, I I have a Bible. He can speak to me through the Bible. Like, like weird stuff. Um, you know, I had a guy come to the church once in a big trench coat. It was right after Columbine. So all the security guys were all over him. And he was just, and he says, I am Michael the Archangel. And God has sent me here so I can destroy the church. And you and I will rebuild it. I'm like, bro, God did not send you. You are not uh you are not Michael the Archangel. He even gave me a business card that said Michael the Archangel with his cell phone number. Um <laughs> you know, and so I looked yeah. him in the eye, I go, You're not from the Lord. You don't even have a Bible. Where's your Bible? Um and you know, it was a you on the on its face, right? Because there's fruit. Like if I have a relationship with someone, it seems as if the Lord would have a if if I'm too stubborn hearted then God would send me a message from someone I trust. He would give to me someone and he would also prepare me for it. He would, it, and it would be consistent with something I've been dealing with. Like, so, uh, you know, I don't reject it all, but I test all things and I hold fast to what is good. Uh, and 
and it doesn't right. take up a lot of my time. You know, if somebody says, I've been praying for you and I had a dream, I'm like, that's weird. I, I mean, God hasn't spoken to me about it, but um, thank you. And I, I hope you stop dreaming about me, you know. Um, <laughs> but you know, well, what I, if somebody stands up in, the, in like the church when you guys, you probably before church, you have an announcement. If someone says, I have a word for the church, what do you do at that point? Well, I mean, we would do what the Bible says. The Bible says to, um, uh, well, first of all, he would be interrupting um, the flow of the service, right? So um, we would want to, if he got up and said it without us being able to stop him, the Bible says that the elders are to approve it or not in 1 Corinthians. So there's always elders in the room. I'm, I'm an elder. There's other elders there. If it's a legitimate word from God, then we would affirm it. And I think we'd all be in agreement. Um, but if it's not an affirmative word of God, sit down, bro. Like the Holy Spirit will not interrupt himself. And you, so don't say you're coming from the Holy Spirit and you're interrupting what God is already doing. Um, we also make room for that though. We have what we call afterglows or like this last weekend in a regular service, God changed the whole direction and we open it up for people to share. We open it up and, and yeah, you take the risk of somebody saying something weird, but most of the time it's not that. Most of the time, it's not weird at all. It is encouraging and exhorting, and it is powerful. We had somebody confess uh, that they were gluttonous, as I mentioned earlier. We had somebody confess that they were cussing all week. We had um, somebody thank God for their family. I mean, it's it when we give room for the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit's operating truly, it's not weird. And that's another okay. indication you know, you 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 immediately had this hesitancy with this person, and don't yeah. ignore those. I like to call that the Holy Spirit alarm. We don't we don't want to ignore that. I, it may I, it may or may not be right. Like I may not my hesitancy may not be the Holy Spirit, um, but I'm not going to ignore it. I'm going to let God to confirm it to me. And you know, like this guy, I know I'm using a silly illustration, but it's legit. This I get people like that all the time. I'm I'm here, and we're just going to destroy this church. Seriously, like there's precious people in this church. You are not sent from God. And I was that's what I told him. He, he left mad and never saw him again. <laughs> okay. Well, well just, I appreciate your time taking my question. Thank you. Yeah, I was talking to in a yeah. study not too long ago. I felt burdened to describe. Uh, and maybe it was this was the topic, but I, I had to say out loud that God is not weird. And people might be weird, but God's not weird. He Not that he doesn't use unusual circumstances from time to time, but he's not weird. He's He's not going to lead you in a way where you're uncomfortable in the sense that you're faithless. God w- might make you uncomfortable, but he'll build your faith through that. And so I think I you think. handled this very wisely, very well. You didn't despise prophecy. You know, this that's what a word is, speaking forth the word of God. You didn't despise it. You didn't stop it. But you also didn't immediately accept it and rearrange your whole life around it. Um, and that was very right. wise. Right. Yep. Okay. All right, bro. Well, God you, bless you out there. I appreciate it. Have All a right. good day. Bye-bye. Take it easy. Yeah, it was really good um, because I think that we need to be open for what the Bible calls a rhema word. Um, and unfortunately, the charismatic movement, the hyper-Pentecostals have completely made people scared of this because they operate many times um, in an unbiblical manner. And there is biblical precedence for God's speaking. He's not writing new scripture. 
He's not adding to the Bible when you get a rhema word, but he is speaking to your heart. I mean, I like I said when I taught this a couple weeks ago, you know, I'm teaching a Bible study to 1,200 people in one service, and 1,200 people leave with all sorts of applications in their life. Why? Well, it's the same text, and I exegeted it, and I taught it with what it says and the interpretation, but the application was different for everyone because God had a rhema word. He wanted to speak, and hey, for you in your marriage, and you in your singleness, and you at work, and this is what it means to you in your prayer life, and and that's just an amazing thing. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. So come on out to church this weekend. Calvary Church is in Aurora, Colorado. For you guys that are local, Hampton and Tower. We're one block east of Hampton on Tower. Oh, we're one block east of Tower on Hampton Road, right next to the Safeway. Calvaryco.church. Jesus Revolution movie is out. Jesus Revolution movie is out. It is a must-see movie. It is a must-see movie to see with many other people that are friends and families. Jesus Revolution, the story of Calvary Chapel. I'm getting to go tonight. I'm looking forward to it because I haven't seen it yet. I wasn't even here at the church when they played it in the sanctuary. But it's okay. God's teaching me to wait, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Calvary Chapel, I'm grateful for the movement. It's how I got saved. I get to pastor Calvary Chapel. And you guys that aren't familiar with our movement, you should... You should get familiar. The Lord will encourage you. Love you guys. Thanks for the privilege of serving you all around the country. Jesus Revolution is out. A must-see. Bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.